Your kid is one in a million. Wouldn't it be great if they didn't have to go thousands of dollars into debt just to go to college? In today's episode, I'd like to cover the best way for you to save for your kid's college education and possibly get a break on your taxes by doing so. Stay tuned. Welcome to a Leader by Example podcast with your host, C.D. Johnson. This show is dedicated towards teaching and empowering you to lead your best life. Together, we will ditch the bad habits, covering topics from personal finance to food and fitness. Take charge today. Become a leader by example. Hello and welcome to episode one of A Leader by Example. In today's episode, I want to cover the best ways that I've found to save for college education. I realize this episode might not uh, be for everyone. It might not relate uh, if you don't have kids, but chances are that you know somebody who has kids, whether this is your niece or nephew, uh, maybe you've got a close college buddy that's got some kids, they could really use this info. So uh, make sure you pass it on to them. What I'd like to cover in this episode are, are basically three things. One, the method that I've found to save for college. I never heard of this before, and chances are you haven't either. Uh, I couldn't believe that I, I'd never heard of this, and I, I think it's great. The story of me starting an account and all the hassles that I went through, that way you can avoid those same hassles. They weren't major, but they were. They did create a little headache for me. And lastly, my advice for you on how to start one of these accounts for your kids today. First, how, how should you save for your kid's account? This was the same conversation my wife and I had maybe six to eight months ago. Uh, We were trying to find the best way to save for our daughter for her to go to college when she turns 18. Uh, I just got really into the investment rabbit hole. I was learning about stocks and bonds and uh, different types of investments, starting up my retirement savings, uh, learning about the importance of compounding interest and uh, different tax benefits from uh, investing this way or investing that way. Uh, I'm still kind of in that rabbit hole. Uh, but I was really interested in it. And my wife said, okay, let's apply that interest and start saving for our daughter. And so we were talking, we said, okay, should we save in Mongolia? We currently live in Mongolia. And the benefit to saving here is that there's a high interest rate. The downside to saving in Mongolia is that you would save in Mongolian Tugriks. The high interest rate is great for the short term, but over the long term, 17, 18 years, by the time my daughter would be using this money to go to college, who knows what the Tugrik is going to be worth. It's been declining for the last five, six years. So if you extrapolate that out over 17, 18 years, our savings might not be worth very much if we put our daughter's college fund in Mongolian Tugriks. So we thought, okay, what if we save it in the U.S.? We can open up a savings account. We can put money in it every month. That money, so it's just sitting in the U.S. when she goes to the U.S. to to study or if she goes somewhere else, we can figure it out. But most savings accounts in the U.S. offer a very low percentage. So this was like one and a half, maybe 2% were the best interest rates I could find on savings accounts. And so I thought, man, that doesn't really do much more than just hold my money. It doesn't help my money to grow. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not invested. It's just sitting there essentially, which isn't bad. But if I've got 17, 18 years 
I want my money to be to be growing, to be gaining interest, to kind of be working for me. And so we thought, okay, are there is there not really any good options? Is there, should I just invest it in a in a brokerage account, a taxable account? And that's when I found a 529 plan. And at first I was like, okay, I've seen this a couple places. What is it? And essentially what a 529 plan is, is it's a state-run investment vehicle that helps parents to save for college. So they're opened up by individual states. Most states have them, some don't, uh, but most states do, that helps parents to invest for their kids so their kids can go to college, which is exactly what I was looking for. These allow you to deposit money in them that will then be invested in the stock market that allows it to grow and grow like I'm looking for to give me a return on my money. One of the nice things about this 529 plan, though, is that it grows tax-free, meaning as your money sits there and it continues to grow and grow, you don't have to pay taxes on that growth as long as you're using it for uh, qualified expenses. Qualified expenses, they're basically any secondary education expenses. Colleges and universities are qualified expenses, books, materials, and it's tax-free. Some states even offer tax benefits when you file your taxes just for putting money into one of these accounts. For example, Michigan offers a tax credit if you invest money into a 529 into Michigan's 529 account. You can even save money on your taxes by saving for your kids' college, which is pretty awesome. So I, I found this and I was like, okay, this sounds perfect. What's the catch? There's got to be some some catches. You know, where where does this mean that my daughter can go to school? You know, if I open up a 529 in Michigan where I have some family, does that mean that my daughter's limited to going to school in Michigan? What I found is that she can go anywhere. She can go to any school uh, in the United States or, or most colleges in the United States. Even some abroad are covered under 529 plans. She can use the money that we've saved for her college education. So I started thinking, okay, which state would be best? If she can go anywhere, then it doesn't matter which state we have the 529 in. Which state has the best 529 plan? And what I found is that there were a couple that are more highly rated than others. There's a couple websites out there that rates these 529 plans. One of them is savingforcollege.com and morningstar.com rates the 529 plans of different states. What I found is that Ohio, Utah, and New York were some of the higher rated 529 plans. They're rated on things like their returns. The higher the return, the higher rated they are. Fees that are involved because uh, nothing in life is free. So, what kind of fees are you going to have to pay? These three had some of the lowest fees. And then also, how many options do they have? Is it just you put your money in, you get one type of investment, or can you choose how to invest your money? So, Ohio, New York, and Utah, these were some of the highest rated 529s that I could find. But I started thinking, okay. Uh, what does it mean for taxes? Does it does it matter? Is it is one better than the other? I file my state taxes in Minnesota, even though I live in Mongolia. So I file my state taxes in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota 
their tax break allows you to contribute to any 529 plan. You can, it doesn't matter which state it's in, but you can contribute to any state's 529 plan and still get a break on your taxes. So that means that for me, I can contribute anywhere and it doesn't matter for taxes. I can still take that tax break. And lastly, I started thinking, all right, what if she doesn't even go to college? Let's say I've saved up these thousands of dollars and she decides to not even go to college. She doesn't want to go to school. She wants to go to trades or uh, go somewhere else, start her own, start her own business, whatever. What if she doesn't choose to use this money that I've saved up? Luckily, there's a couple options then. If you've saved up for somebody and you've listed them as the beneficiary on this account, they're the one that this account's going towards, you can change the beneficiary to someone in their immediate family. This can be brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, their kids down the line. There is a little bit of leeway on that this money can still be used for college. Worst case scenario, she doesn't go to college. She doesn't have any near relatives that are going to college. You can pull this money out of a 529 and then you have to pay taxes on it. There's also a 10% fee or penalty uh, when you pull this money out for unqualified expenses. So you really want to make sure that if you're putting it in there, it's going to be used for college. The big deterrent to not go to college is not having money. So by having this in a 529, uh, you're really upping the odds that your kids will be able to go to college and not have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars in student loans over their lifetime. So now let's get into how I set up a 529 for my daughter and some of the hassles that I ran into. But before we do, let's take a quick break. Before we delve further into today's episode, I'd like to ask a quick favor. With this podcast, I'm really looking to help people get out of a rut and make positive, impactful changes to their lives. I can't do that if no one finds my podcast or blog. If you like what you hear in today's episode, share it with at least one other person. It really helped me and the show to grow so I can reach a broader audience. Thank you. All right, welcome back. So I just finished researching these 529 plans, figuring out what they were, why we should open one, and we decided, okay, let's open one. We ultimately chose Ohio's 529 plan. It has plenty of options for us to choose from. Geographically speaking, even though this doesn't matter, it was located uh, kind of in the middle of both my wife and I's family. So I get online, I start opening up this 529 plan, but I need a social security number for my daughter, obviously. Uh, for those that don't know, my daughter was born in Mongolia. Babies born abroad need some special paperwork. Uh, in the States, most of the time this happens right away at the hospital when you have a baby. Uh, you get all the paperwork, they get the birth certificate, the social security card comes in the mail shortly after that. Uh, but when your baby's born abroad, you have to get some extra paperwork to prove that they're an American citizen. And we got all this the first time around, but we had traveled to the States and we had used some of those documents to prove that, yeah, this baby was ours and, and we had lost some of the paperwork. So now that I want to start this 529 plan, this means that I need to get the social security number 
which means I have to take off work, head to the U.S. Embassy here, get all the paperwork stamped and notarized. Thankfully, they give it to us for free, even though we'd lost the first one. And then we had to send it off to Manila. The offices for Social Security are located in Manila. So any American citizens born in Asia have to send their documents to an office in Manila, and then they'll process your your Social Security request. So we included a self-addressed stamped envelope so they could send this card back, and we waited. We waited a few weeks, didn't come didn't come. We checked the tracking address on the uh, on the envelope. Didn't come. Hasn't taken off yet. Uh, wasn't in the mail. Uh, it was as if this tracking address didn't exist. I finally decided to email them. And they say, oh yeah, it's it's been processed. It's been sent out. And we go back and forth for a little bit. And I, I finally realized that it's been mailed from the U.S. And the postal system in Mongolia, if it's just regular mail, is very subpar. But we decided to wait a couple weeks and see if it would arrive through the mail. Uh, we waited and waited and, and ultimately no Social Security card. So we're thinking, okay, what can we do? We're going to head home for Christmas, back to the States. Maybe we can take part of our vacation and go to the Secretary of State's office. Uh, and I ended up finding online that you can get a replacement card. I was able to email them, send in the, the documents again, request this replacement card. Uh, only this time I didn't put my address in Mongolia. I put my family's address in the States. Ultimately, we end up getting our card. After months and months of getting these papers and getting them sent over, uh, we finally get our card, and I'm pumped to get this account open and start putting money in there so my daughter can have a, a college saving. So get it all opened up get her social security number entered in, get my info entered in. It takes maybe 10 minutes, hardly any time at all. And as I'm getting towards the end, it's asking me, okay, how do you want to invest the money? And in all of this process of trying to get her social security number, I didn't really think about once the money's in there, what are we going to invest it in? And Ohio being a highly rated 529 plan, it has a lot of options. I didn't know what to pick. It had options, ready-made age-based portfolios, ready-made college enrollment date portfolios, ready-made risk-based portfolios. You can build your own portfolio. And it was a little overwhelming at first. So I took a step back and I said, okay, what do these different things mean? So they had some risk-based portfolios. There's three basic categories. There's aggressive, conservative, or moderate. The aggressive portfolios they're going to take a heavier stance in stocks compared to bonds. This means that over time, it will tend to go up and down more than a conservative fund would that's going to be in more bonds than stocks. It's expected that stocks are a little bit more volatile. So if I put in $100 and it buys $100 worth of stocks, that might go up to 110 or might drop to 90 or maybe 120 or 80. It could go up and down quite a bit. A conservative is going to buy more bonds than stocks. Uh, generally, these portfolios won't see as much up and down over time, but they also won't experience as much growth over the long term. So aggressive will go up and down in value more, but you'll see more growth over time. Where conservative tends to not see as much growth, but you don't have as high or low of drops. 
Moderate is just a, a balance in between the two. It's not an aggressive portfolio. It's not as conservative. It's somewhere in between the two. The age-based funds, these take your child's age and they stick them into a category. They're there in the zero to four fund or the five to six-year-olds, seven to eight-year-olds, nine to 10-year-olds, uh, et cetera, all the way up to 18. And then it invests your money based on your child's age. The younger, the more stocks they'll have. So the more aggressive the fund will be. The older or the closer to 18 that they get, the more bonds that this fund will have and the more stable it will be. This is because as your child's turning 18, getting ready to go to college, the last thing you want is for the stock prices to drop and then your portfolio to be worth a considerable amount less than what it was just a, a few months before or just a year before. So this is why as they get closer to 18, it puts more money into bonds so that way you won't see as much ups and downs right before you're going to use this money. Uh, it also had college enrollment date funds. Now, these funds are very similar to the age-based. It just focuses on the date they'll enroll in college as opposed to their age. As it gets closer to the date that they're going to use the money, they get more bonds, less stocks. There's less risk involved. So for my situation, I decided to go with an aggressive age-based fund. My thought process was this. One, we're going to be contributing regularly. So it's not like we just have a little bit of money that my daughter's going to use for college and that's all we can save. And if it goes down, we're done, right? Some people that might be your situation. Maybe you've got five grand saved up. Your kids are going to use it pretty soon and you're going to put it away into this 529. If that were to take a 20% hit or really drop, that would, would be a lot of money. Uh, but instead we're going to contribute uh, regularly over the lifetime of this portfolio. So we can handle if the portfolio goes up and down a little bit because we're going to be regularly putting money in here. If it goes down a little, that's fine. We're going to put money in here. If it goes up a little, we're still going to put money in here. If we lose a little bit of money along the way, that's okay because over time, it's expected that this fund will grow. We're not too concerned with the ups and downs on a daily or a weekly or monthly basis. We're looking at 17, 18 years. Speaking of being in there so long, we have time to weather the ups and downs. If we're going to use the money in maybe three, four years, let's say my daughter was uh, 15 and we're expecting to use the money in three or four years, I wouldn't take an aggressive approach. I would take a much more conservative approach because we're only a couple years out from needing this money. But because we have 17 or 18 years until my daughter's old enough, we can handle this aggressive approach. This might not be for everyone. If you can't handle seeing the value of your portfolio go up and down, drop drastically, then go for a moderate approach or, or go for a conservative approach. Talk to a, a financial advisor to see what kind of risk you're willing to take. So that's that's ultimately what my wife and I ended up doing. We've got an aggressive age-based fund for our daughter. Every month, we're going to put some money in there. When she gets old enough, she'll have some money set aside for college. This leads me to the last section of our episode for today. These are my tips for you to open a 529 plan. And I strongly recommend that you open a 529 plan for your kids as soon as possible. You want to let that money grow and grow uh, long before they're ever going to use it. The longer you wait, the less time you have to let this money grow for you. Time is your ally. So first, step one, assess the tax situation in your state. I mentioned before, 
different states have different taxes. Some some states don't have income taxes. If you live there, that's awesome, but you won't be getting any state tax breaks. Some states say that you get a tax break if you invest in that state's 529 plan. If your state's one of these, then definitely invest in your state's plan. If your state doesn't care which 529 plan, then you have a little bit more freedom. Feel free to choose any state's 529 plan. Even if your state does give a tax break and you decide you want to go with a different state's 529 plan, you can, but you just won't be getting those benefits on your state taxes. Step two, determine which 529 plan you want to invest in. Are you going with your state's or a different state's? Uh, make sure that once you sign up, you keep those records handy and you'll, you will have to invest some money initially. I believe it was less than a hundred dollars. Uh, so make sure you have a little bit of money on hand to transfer to this fund to open it up. Uh, you can't just open it up and have it sit there with zero. You do have to put some money in initially. But again, like I said, I believe it was less than a hundred dollars. Step three, and I didn't mention this one in my story, but definitely automate your deposits. If you're anything like I was when I was younger, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you always find a way to spend it. If your paycheck was a little bit less, you made it work. If your paycheck was a little bit more, you found something else to spend it on. So my advice is to automate what you can. Pull that money from your pay immediately before you even know it's gone. Take 50 bucks, take 100 bucks, whatever you can afford to put away for your kid's college, take that money out automatically from your bank account. Set up this direct deposit so that way it goes right in there and you don't even notice it's gone. Make sure that you don't do more than you can afford. Don't start putting money away that you're going to need to get at later for something else because there is that 10% penalty for pulling your money out early or using it on non-qualified expenses. So definitely do what you can afford, but be careful that you're not putting money that you're going to need for other expenses and later on the line. Lastly, step four, Give this account information out to your friends and family. Parents, uh, uncles, aunts, everybody can contribute to this account, even if they're not the parent of the beneficiary on the account. So instead of grandma giving little Billy his 18th tractor trailer that he doesn't need and he's only going to play with for a few days, she can contribute to his college savings fund. Given enough time and enough contributions, this fund can grow substantially. I ran a few numbers, and again, there's a lot of variables here, but if you were to just invest $50 a month from the time your kid is born until they reach 18, so for 18 years, you could have as much as $25,000 in this account. This is the magic of compounding interest with time. Time is your ally. Get this started right away. All right, that brings me to the end of my episode. Before we sign off, I just want to reflect a little bit about this first episode and where I'm at. Uh, I feel really good that I'm on the path to provide for my daughter's education, and I want that for you guys too. It's not difficult to set up this account unless, like me, you don't have a social security number, but start now. Start right away. You don't want to wait. Everyone that has kids has told me, oh, before you know it, they're going to be 18, they're going to be moving out. Don't let time slip away from you. Don't let them reach 18 without starting this fund. Get started. Get started today. Also, don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps me out a ton. If you want to find me, ask me more questions about these 529 plans and how you can get started. Or if you need any clarification, uh, you can find me on Facebook at a leader by example, 
or on Twitter, it's at leader underscore by, or you can even follow along with the blog at a leaderbyexample.com. Make sure you come back next week. Next week, we're going to look at how we can increase the amount that we save every paycheck so that way we can fund these 529 plans and we can realize any of our other financial goals. Thank you. Have a great week.